I would love to say this. It is our job to compel people to Christ. It is the word's job to keep them, right? That's right. And so a lot of times we use the whole, you know, we'll just teach the word of God and they'll come. No, but you aren't compelling because mm-hmm. you aren't serving them. You aren't That's meeting right. the need. Yeah. You aren't drawing them with the love that God has called you to draw That's people right. with. And so because we aren't drawing and we aren't compelling people to Christ, then we can't expect the word to keep them because they aren't there yet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Multi-Ethnic Gospel Approach Podcast, where we cover all things multi-ethnic. It's the M-E-G-A-P-O-B-C-A-S-T, the Mega-Podcast. It's the M-E-G-A-P-O-B-C-A-S-T, Mega-Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Marcel, and I want to welcome you to the mega Podcast, also known as the Multi Ethnic Gospel Approach Podcast, where we cover all things multi ethnic regarding ministry. Listen, I'm here. I got my campus pastor Michael with me, and listen, we're just man, we're excited about doing this mega podcast. This, we're now on season two. We're excited about that, and um, and yeah, we're just ready to jump into some great conversation. But before we do that, I just kind of want to take a moment, reintroduce myself. Um, I am the worship pastor and student pastor here at our Midtown campus for Three Circle Church, and I have been having a blast here in Midtown Mobile. Uh, my family and I, we moved here about two years ago um, in June of 2019, and we have been doing some incredible things with the team here uh, at Three Circle Church. And so um, a part of our mission here is to just be a church that engages our block and um, it's been an incredible experience learning how to do multi-ethnic ministry and how to do kingdom um, in the sense or in the way that it was intended. Um, and so it's been so fulfilling just to be a part of this family, um, to be here with my good friend and his family, uh, Micah. And uh, it's just been so rewarding. So my family has been blessed by it. And and, uh, and we're just excited about the mission that God has us on here in the Midtown Mobile area. And so with that being said, um, as you can tell, uh, I happen to be a little bit, uh, uh, just a little bit uh, passionate about this particular uh, topic when we talk about multi-ethnic ministry, um, just because, man, my eyes have been open in so many ways. And I think that it will be robbery for us not to be able to share some of the learning uh, curves that we've encountered, as well as the experiences uh, that, we, that we've shared um, just in our time of learning how to do this and, and do it well here in our context. And so without further ado, I want to um, present or, or allow Micah Gasson to come on um, in, in this conversation, introduce himself, talk about what he does, um, so forth and so on. And there's a lot more that I didn't mention, but nonetheless, you know, hey, you'll, you, you'll get the vibes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so uh, I've been the campus pastor here at our Midtown campus, which is part of the global movement, which is called Three Circle Church, uh, for a little over five years now, just celebrated a fifth anniversary. Uh, and so it's been, uh, that's right. Hey, so uh, it's been it's been all about reengaging our block, and so uh, you know we were a uh, a church that had plateaued and declined over five years, and or uh, over all the years leading up to the last five years, and so um, it was really about reinventing ourselves in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, establishing a new culture, you know, really having that 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 north star of a mission and vision. Yeah. Uh, of what it meant to really reach our block faithfully, because really that's the call of every church, right? The call of every church uh, is to um, is to you know make disciples of Jesus uh, and do that starting the epicenter of your block, right? What yeah, is man. how are you affecting your community? How are you changing you know the lives of people in your community? 
Uh, and so we really had to you know, do a lot of learning on the front end to learn, well, who, who is in our community? What are right. the needs of our community? What do families and individuals look like we need to reach in our community, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so it's, been a, it's been a great journey, obviously a journey we're still on. So we've had a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of hills we've conquered, but yet a lot of things we still want to see God do. You know, we didn't, we don't ever want to settle into a uh, uh, into kind of a spirit of you know um, of complacency or contentment with what's you know over our shoulders, but always you know continue to press on to what what God has for us. You know, in the future. So um, so we've seen God do a lot of a lot of really good things uh, to really. Uh, see that reinvention of ourselves on the block and re-engaging uh, the block in a healthy way. And so, uh, yeah, looking forward to kind of digging in that a little bit. Hey, so. that's what's up. Well, hey, before we go any further, I want to encourage you, if you are watching this on YouTube, I want you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That's right. Hit that subscribe button. Also hit the, notifica- the notification bell. The notification I don't know what that was. But anyway, hit the notification bell um, while you're at it and share it with your friends, your family, um, and any co-laborers in the gospel uh, that you may be connected to because this is a resource that we want to share um, to all those who are interested or currently um, in the weeds of planting a multi-ethnic uh, church um, on your block or in your city and just kind of uh, be able to be, again, just a resource for uh, for all those who are in the middle of it, right? Absolutely. So we want you to share that content and let us know in the comments, you know, what you think um, and how this has impacted you in any way. Yeah. All right. And so we want to go ahead and jump into our conversation. Awesome. I'm excited about this. And so, uh, Sir Micah, the first sure. question I got for you, man, because <laughs> you have been here. Um, and let me just share this. This guy is incredibly um, invested into our community here. Um, uh, where our church is located here in Midtown, and just the the heart that you have um, that I've been able to see um, since I've been here mm. has just been incredible. I appreciate it. Man. And so I know that you probably have a lot of not probably, but I know you have a lot of um, understanding of of how to do this particular thing. So I'm going to ask you: How do you have, uh, or how have you defined success um, here in reengaging your block um, here in Midtown? Yeah. For me, it's two pivotal pieces to that that have to really shift. Um, for us, you know, so we're a revitalization effort, which means we're taking an existing church uh, and we're needing to move it to where it needs to be to re-engage the community. So I think two key goals have to shift. Yeah. So it has to move from uh, defining the wins based upon those who are already here to define it based upon those that are not yet here. Come on. So that is a huge shift in your methodology and how you do things because you're not simply trying to keep those that are attending uh, pleased. Yeah. You're seeking to engage the calling to reach the community. Yeah. And so you're redefining what the win is based upon a lost community that needs to know Jesus. Mm. So with that, with that being the 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 new one of the new guiding points of how you do things, that gives you permission to shift everything. Uh, the, how you do Sunday morning, what music you play, um, you know, how you dress, so many things now can shift because it's not about keeping those that are already attending uh, content, but rather charging on towards the mission of the Great Commission, right? Reaching yeah. our block uh, in the sense that we meet felt needs and we teach the timeless mission of the gospel to meet eternal needs as well. Mm. Uh, and so all that can then have permission to shift when you stop saying it's not about what we want, it's about what God is calling us to. Mm, that's um, good. So that's a huge, that's a huge uh, shift. But also, it's it's redefining the win because you know I think sometimes people try to try to bifurcate or divide uh, our calling in the community. Yeah. And so some churches can simply focus on the spiritual needs. We just need to preach the gospel. 
We just need to tell people about following Jesus. We just need to preach that, you know, all are under God's judgment and we all need to experience God's forgiveness. And the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus was all about that. Yeah. And that is absolutely true, and we can never go away from that. Yeah. But at the same time, when Jesus was here, uh, he met felt needs. He laid his hands on a blind person and absolutely. gave him sight. Uh, he laid his hands on lepers uh, yeah. and, and, and they were and took away their disease. Uh, and so we're always doing dual ministry, tangible felt needs, uh, and also preaching the gospel. And by the way, in our uh, we've already, we talk about it. You know, we're talking about our podcast. What it means to reach and engage our city and love our block all throughout this with different you know guest speakers. And they're going to talk about that and how you know the modern day uh, apologetic really is very focused on you know making a difference in our communities. Mm. Uh, and so it gives permission to engage people that are far from God. And by definition, most of our culture is says, I claim no religion. I don't want to be affiliated with, with anything. Yeah. When they see Jesus making a difference in the community, they then will, will, will be willing to give us an ear to hear. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm saying all that to say the second dynamic that has to move is we ask ourselves, um, if we were to close our doors tomorrow, will our block miss us? That's big. That is and big. Absolutely. It's some paradigm churches, shifting. The, some churches, the answer is no. Yeah, because they're a community within a community. Man, that's tough. And so there's like 51 and others in the New Testament. Yeah. I am not diminishing the fact that we need, if there is ever a place where people should feel forgiven, loved, accepted, embraced, encouraged, helped, challenged, all those things family is, the church should be it. Man. So it should be a tight knit community. Come on, man. But whenever it becomes an exclusive community, we've lost our mission and vision. Oof. Whenever it becomes a VIP access yeah. community, that those that are here are welcome and those that are not, we don't care. We've lost our man. central calling. Oof. And I feel like it's it's I mean, it's easy to do that. Hey know? man, so in a black church when 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 a preacher starts walking heavy <laughs> like that, we say, You're walking heavy, doc. You're walking heavy, doc. Easy. Ease man. up, right? Ease up. Man, that's tough. It is, and so yeah. you know, I'm I'm not trying to to take to take cheap shots at churches, but I am saying, no, I get it. If the marching orders of Jesus, what he says to his disciples as he ascends back to heaven after the resurrection, is go into all the world and preach the gospel. Yeah, then that's it. That is yeah. our central calling and mission. Yeah, and so with that with that in mind, I think we say, how are we impacting and reaching our community based mm -hmm. upon those who are not yet here, so people yeah. that don't know Jesus. Yeah, and how are we meeting felt needs in the way we do that? That it gives permission. Um, to be able to preach that message That's because so they know that we care about them, that That's we so love good. them, uh, and that we don't just care about those that attend. We care about our community. We love yeah. our community, period. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like the the community needs to know that we're for them, we're for their family, yeah. we love them, we love the local schools, we love, uh, we love everybody that lives in our community. They don't have to attend on a Sunday morning, yeah. uh, or they shouldn't have to, yeah. to see us engaging in that love actively. Yeah. Man. Um, well, I mean, even if you evaluate Jesus's ministry when he was here on the earth, um, he always served the people and yeah. then he was able to speak to them. That's right. And for invest, sure. you know, spiritual things into most their lives. definitely. And so and I think when the church takes that posture or takes that uh, that pattern or that template and we begin to move in that way, like we'll see major results, you know, in our churches, yeah. you know, to where we won't see as many dying churches. You That's know, right. we won't see as many um, churches that are not being missed, you know, if something happens or whatever yeah. have you. And so I think that that whole concept is just so invaluable. Like it's it's so deep, man. Yeah. And I, I 
Yeah, so when I came here, so let me tell this story. So when I came here um, and you said that to me the first time, I was like, God, dog, I've never thought about that. If we were to close our doors, um, our doors of the church, would our community miss us? That means if the answer is no, that means you did nothing to engage them. You did nothing that they're going to remember you by. Um, and which is even sadder because yeah, at sure. the very least they should know you by your love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, so if, if your community don't even know you by the love that you bear for one another, as far as in the church community, but as well as the community itself, yeah. like that's, that's huge. And so as a church, we begin to miss the mark when we aren't, uh, making, uh, lasting impressions for sure in a gospel sense. Um, with our communities and that and that giving spirit that spirit of generosity and care yeah. for the community uh, is part of what empowered uh, the uh, the early church to be a city a city movement that's good I mean look at the end of Acts 2 yeah and it says that they're selling their property to bless those that were in need Come on. you know they're, they're they're sharing community together they're sharing meals together yeah. they're having this 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 uh, engagement around community mm. that's transforming it says because of that yeah in the city, they had a they had a um, they prospered in their in their testimony in the city. Yeah, they had a good reputation in the city. That's good. And so this is not like a new you know uh, edgy like you know approach. This mm-hmm. is just returning to the roots, right? right? This is just what does it mean to be an engaging community that engages the community, those that are far from God, in an impactful way? Right. Yeah. So you was just talking about Acts two and and how you know they had. Uh, they were selling their stuff to yeah. you know help out people who didn't have right. Yeah. So in today's world, I know for a lot of people, to include myself, in some instances, it may be it, it, it seemed a, a bit extreme yeah. to consider selling everything I have to help the poor. Yeah. And so, not that it still isn't a valid way to do that, but what are some ways that we can do that as a church today? Like, what does it look like for a church to engage their block in 2021? Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, um, so I think it, that's a great question. I think so. How do how do we begin to really you know redefine the win of who's here and who's not by, who's not here, and then how do we really uh, begin to um, you know impact our block where you know people do sense we're there and do feel yeah. loved and do feel. So I think it's uh, it has to be uh, an ongoing thing. So I think okay. part part is you need to establish a uh, um, a regular reach. Uh, that is something that's happening uh, at least weekly. Yeah. So for us, that's been our ransom cafes. One of the ways More. we do that. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, you know, it's it's a it's a meal in the context of of dignity. Yeah. Uh, and so it gives people an opportunity to. Uh, to be able to come in to have a meal in exchange for a small act of kindness or small donation, it's never. It's not about recouping the money. It's about people bringing something to the table of community, and for so sure. they're able to give something, even if they're in generational poverty. They bring something to the meal. For sure. uh, and so for for us, that's been a regular open door day during the week that we now move to three days a week, one uh, in person service and two to go meals during uh, the pandemic, just because yeah. the need has been great. Unemployment numbers have been up. Yeah. Um, but that's been a regular ministry of presence for us. It's yeah. been a regular, intentional uh, part throughout the week of us saying we love our community, we want to bless our community, we want to help families that need a meal in our community in the context of their dignity, give a hand up and not simply a hand out to be able to serve them and then bring something to the table as well. Uh, it's been important for us. Yeah. But also I think you need to have rhythms that are that are more throughout the year okay. that are big community uh, impact-focused events. Yeah. Uh, and so we have you know several of those we do. And, of course, we always have our in-church things that are engaging a lot of people that are attending on the periphery that you're doing, you know, your vacation Bible school. Paul, you just said periphery. Y'all know how we do this. We have a whole vocabulary set, uh, <laughs> section of our, our show, and polyphery is the vocabulary word for today. There you go. Thank you. Uh, that uh, vocabulary word has been sponsored by uh, – by 
Midtown, I guess. There you go. By the, <laughs> by the mega mega podcast. By the mega podcast. There we go. The mega podcast. Yeah, yeah. Marsaurus team. Yeah. <laughs> That's Marcel's yep. nickname right here. That's right. Yeah. He's always originating new words. Um. So, uh, so yeah, being That's able to. because I don't know any like you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, so I throw out the the the, the, the terms and then you then you come up with new ones. That's yep. our, that's our roles, right? Hello. So um, that's because you got that creative that creative uh, gene at work, right? So um, so yeah, I think you you're always got that things you're doing that are regular rhythms of ministry that are part of how you do church. You're trying to continually draw people in. Yeah. But I'm talking about like a you know ministry focused events that need to be you know so at our at three circle across all you know four campuses we have our serve day which is quarterly. The four times a year we're having a day we're going to serve in the community. That's good. So yeah. that's four. You know, that's that's every quarter, every three right. months. But then we also have some annual events. Yeah. Uh, so annual events, you know, that we do uh, here at Three Circle Midtown, like our back to school bash, uh, which is basically you know everything we do is a hand up and not just a hand out. So sure. we're serving people in the context of their dignity and trying to provide sustainable solutions. Yeah. So that good. means we're not simply giving somebody something. We're trying to meet them where they are and encourage them to take next steps as we help. Right. Uh, because if we don't help for sustainable families or sustainable solutions for families, yeah. they're going to come back a few months later needing the same help. Mm-hmm. And so how can we help them as they're helping them? Right. Uh, and so it's the whole biblical model of each wants to bear their own burden, mm-hmm. which is what they're able to bear as a family. Yeah. And then when the burden becomes too heavy, that's when we come along and help. For sure. And so we, we, we will not encourage in personal responsibility and accountability yeah. as we help. Yeah. Uh, so how we do back to school bash, for instance, is um, that we're giving away book bags full of school supplies. Yeah. We're giving a great meal. We're having a fun environment, you know, yeah. pre-COVID, you know, where mm-hmm. we could have bounce houses and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an awesome fun day in which we give things. Yeah. But then we also have, you know, 10 nonprofits on hand mm-hmm. that can help people take next steps. If they yeah. uh, if they have maybe somebody in their, in their family who's in the throes of addiction, they can connect with a counselor and get yeah. some appointments. Maybe there's a mom that shows up that's in an abusive situation, and we have a nonprofit mm-hmm. there. That will help her be able to find a way out. Yeah. Um. You know, and so we have we have um. You know, opportunities there. We partner with an organization called the Women's Resource Center. Right. Maybe there's a mom there that's making the choice where she can keep her child or abort her child. Sure. Yeah. Be able to get an, get an ultrasound and make a make a decision and hopefully choose life and and also us help her walk through that. And maybe she's a single mom. Yeah. And choosing life means it's going to be a tough road. Correct. That we can yeah. connect her to the Women's Resource Center and, and we can be allies with her. And so, um. Uh, and so we give those ministry opportunities. Yeah. As we serve, yeah, uh, and then the one we just launched this past Christmas, which is our Christmas store, mm-hmm. which instead really of just giving, cool. yeah, it yeah, was, uh, really and so cool. it's cool to actually see that's kind of kind of been something we've been dreaming about for a couple of years, yeah, and so I had a chance to actually apply it this year and uh, and get a chance to begin to sow in our community in that way, and so the concept is uh, that we don't just give somebody some gifts we bought for them. But rather, we have our church and other organizations mm-hmm. donate items. Uh, then we mark those down for pennies on a dollar of what they're actually worth. Yeah. Uh, and then we allow for families to shop. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they're getting something greatly reduced. And it's not about recouping either money, but it's giving them a chance to choose for their children. Yeah. To choose the items they think their children would want. Yeah. Uh, and so they're able to do that. And of course, we provide wrapping, yeah. free wrapping if they choose so. We provide, you know, childcare while they're doing that. And yeah. so, uh, so it's trying to give back to, uh, back to parents that may not, they would never be able to go to a store uh, yeah. and purchase for their children for sure. uh, what they would like to for Christmas. And yeah. so we give them an opportunity to come in and, uh, you know, give them the the blessing of being able to shop for their family, yeah. for themselves, and the dignity that's in that. Absolutely. Uh, and so... Um, and the thing I like about the Christmas, uh, excuse me, the thing I like about the Christmas store is that even though we're charging pennies on a dollar for the for the uh, toys or whatever have you, like that money's going back into missions. 
So it's going back oh, into serving our community. That's right. You know, locally, regionally, yeah. and globally. So it's not like we're making any type of no, profit off of it. And so that just speaks to the heart. Like you have to have the right heart to do this well, For right? For sure, yeah. So if, if you're looking at a means to get donated toys, yeah, to yeah, yeah. build some kind of, you know, ulterior uh profit or whatever have you like it's you're starting wrong so that's right for sure you know make sure that whatever proceeds you're getting that it's going to something that's going to pour back into the mission of your church that's right um and and to help your community in some way or to go toward what god has called your church to do and so i just wanted to kind of highlight that bit because Absolutely. a lot of times we hear things like that and we're like well where the money going yeah exactly you know? sure <laughs> it's like well it's going back into missions that's valid yeah you know so i just want to take that little time to highlight that so yes put your money back in missions that's in right in the name of jesus that's right Yes. It's definitely not about generating revenue. It's about restoring dignity. For sure. For sure. You know, that, uh, you know, there's just, there's just a, a sense of which a person, a family could easily in the throes of a tough season financially, or maybe that's just, it's generational for them. Yeah. You know, when somebody shows up at your door and you're a child with a bag full of gifts, rather than mom and dad being able to go shopping for you, there can be some dignity that's lost in that. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Uh, for the parent and the child. Um, and so there can be some 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 ideas and mindsets even installed there to where the child uh, has an unhealthy uh, um, mindset of entitlement too that can come with that of Facts. oh we don't need to go out and work too uh, and so Facts. you're trying to meet families where they are and help them but you're also trying to bless them and love them and remind them they're made in the image of God yeah. they have value and worth and talents and abilities yeah. and just because they're in the in the middle of struggle financially uh, doesn't mean um, that that they they will always be there first of all, but second of all, there's something they can do, and so trying to meet them, you know, where they are and bless them uh, and love them in yeah. a way and saying we value you, yeah, and the fact that you need something, we don't want to devalue you as we serve you for sure. Uh, and so that's the whole element. None of it is about generating money. Yeah, it's about encouraging dignity. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and to give that back as a gift to family. So that's it's so very good. important for sure. That is so good. That is so good. Um, well, I know that uh, this is something something else that we've had a chance to talk about over time is making sure that we're shaping our methodology to fit our mission field. Yeah. And so um, I've heard you talk at length about this um, at times, and I think that it would be a uh, robbery of us not to share this with other people yeah. um, so that way they can understand what that looks like, what it is, number one, and then what it looks like uh, for them in their context. Yeah. And so I would love for you to just kind of, I mean, again, just go in, you know, and talk about that concept because when I first heard it, it was foreign to me. Yeah. I had never thought of it in this way, or I had never seen the value in redoing because it's easy for you know us as Christians to be like, well, God is the same today, yesterday, and sure. forevermore. And yeah. you know, He changed, so I ain't gonna change. Yeah. And so it's very easy to take that posture, um, and honestly, in ignorance, you know, not mm -hmm. understanding what. Uh, really the fullness of God because we sure. see in throughout scripture that God has constantly changed the way he deals with people to get the same message across. Yep. And so, um, again, as a church, we would be remiss not to take form and adapt to the yeah. time, to the culture, to the, um, and I, maybe not the culture, but to the times that we're in yeah. and to the community that we're called sure. to. And so um, I would love for you to just talk about that, man, and just yeah. uh, and share your heart on it. So I think you know we have to be able to, as a church, ask ourselves, what does our community look like and how do we reach our community effectively? So uh, we're trying to tr take the timeless method uh, message of Jesus yeah. uh, in a timely manner that reaches our community, right? So uh, so you never change the message, but it's contextualized. Come on. Uh, and so you see Paul doing this in the New Testament. Like he, 
uh, he is preaching the gospel in a different way when he goes to Athens addressing the philosophers than he did when he's addressing Jewish people. You know what I mean? Oh, man, you just it's said— It's contextualized. Oh, my God. So he just said it's contextualized. Notice he did not say it's marginalized. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and, there you go. <laughs> and sit that right there. That's the wrong eyes, right? Oh, my God. So, um, so you got to be able to uh, to engage your community in a way that you don't change the message, but the way you present the message, the packaging you present it is yeah. different uh, in a way that's contextually appropriate uh, for your community. So, for instance, our community uh, is a very young community. Mm-hmm. And so in our two-mile radius, 6% of the population is under the age of 40. Uh, so it's a young block, and yeah. so there are things that you may do at a church where you have a lot of older members that you have to you have to be asking yourself. Maybe you're in a similar block uh, that you're going to have to begin to do some things. Maybe there's some music and things you're covering, or ways you're doing a Sunday morning or doing ministry that doesn't right. make sense for young families. Yeah, uh, and so for us that meant uh, that we had to change the way we were doing things. We had to be able to um, to shift some things to really reach our block effectively. Yeah. And so an- another thing, for instance, is uh, we learned in digging into demographics that surround our campus uh, that we had a lot of single moms, that their average income a year was under $19,000 with multiple yeah. kids in the home. Yeah. And so pretty much anything we do around here, we serve a meal just because we know we've got a lot of families that are struggling. And if you're on government assistance and you're a single mom, you know, a good hearty meal means something. Right. You know, we got right. you got thirty five percent of kids under the age of eighteen under the national poverty line. Yeah. And your two mile radius. Yeah. It should affect some of the way you're doing ministry. For sure. Uh and so uh and so you have to you have to begin to first of all know your community, know who lives in your community, know what are the needs of those people that live in in your community. Yeah. But also know what are some of the cultural norms in your community. Yeah. Like it wouldn't work here for us to do, you know, particularly and I know you can lean into this, Marcel. Uh, a, a a white evangelical worship set focused uh, mainly on guitars and other instrumentation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for our context. Right. We mentioned this in season one, but if I was, we were going to go, you know, get on a plane and you and I were church planters, we're going to go plant in, in in rural Africa in the middle of a tribe. Correct. We're not going to try to bring the Nord with us, right, to play on keys, right? We might not even have power. You know what I mean? We may not, yeah. And they won't know any of the songs. Yeah. And so we have to contextualize the methods in a timely way to reach our community. And what a lot of churches do is we take and confuse our methodology with our theology. Mm. And we we confuse our cultural norms of how we do church with what the Bible says a church is to be. And those things are not the same. Come on, man. Because if we're really doing ministry faithfully, we're not just theologians that know the Bible. We're missionaries who take the message of the Bible and seek to apply it in a way that makes sense to people we're trying to reach. That's so good. And so a lot of churches, have they're they're making their methodology fixed as if it's a gospel priority uh, that can't move, when in reality, they're stuck in a method that will not reach the next generation. Right. And they're not taking the timeless message and saying, and massaging it in the context where it will take root yeah. and grow. Yeah. And so they're throwing out, um, you know, seeds of the past generation that they mm-hmm. could reach, thinking that it's going to have a different harvest. You know, it's like yeah. it's like planting corn and expecting, uh, you know, bell peppers or something to grow. And I'm not a farmer, <laughs> but I do know what you plant right. is what you're going to reap. Come on, man. So if you have a it's method a to reach a past generation right. and you're expecting to reach the next with that, right. you're not going to. Yeah. Uh, so, in other words, your methods have got to change based upon your mission field. That is so good. And so, a lot of people still have a method of, uh, of church saying, well, if we continue to preach the gospel, they'll come. Probably not. If that's all you do and you don't ask, how yes. are we going to reach them? Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not saying stop preaching the gospel. Right. 
But I am saying start asking how do you do it in a way that engages the community with the type of music you do, with the type of right. ministry you do, right. uh, with the way you dress, all those sort of things to be filtered to the grid of how are we going to reach those that are not yet here in our community, those that are far from God, because right. that is our calling. Right. That's the win. Right. Uh, and when you begin to define the win that way based upon those that are not yet here and based upon saying um, that we are so loving our community well that if we close the doors tomorrow, we would, yeah. people would be heartbroken and we'd be missed yeah. because we are deeply rooted in loving our blog like Jesus does. Yeah. So I, w- I would love to say this. It is our job to compel people to Christ. It is the word's job to keep them, right? That's right. And so a lot of times we use the whole, you know, we'll just teach the word of God and they'll come. No, but you aren't compelling because mm-hmm. you aren't serving them. You aren't That's meeting right. the need. Yeah. You aren't drawing them with the love that God has called you to draw That's people right. with. And so because we aren't drawing and we aren't compelling people to Christ, then we can't expect the word to keep them because they aren't there yet. Yeah. And so we got to pull them to that point. And so I just want to just, man, just encourage you. If if you find yourself in that mental box, you know, in that, in that mental space where you just say, you know what? Oh, well, the word is going to do the job. The word is going to do its job, but we have to do ours too. Oh, that's it. And so we Preach. have to be on mission. That's right. You know, and make sure that we are doing what God has called us to do, what Jesus has commissioned us to do, and and really uh, and love people where they are. And I think that's the biggest point because yeah. I remember having a conversation with a good friend of mine back home, and we're talking about loving people where they are, and it's like, don't love them where you want them to be, mm. but love them where they are. You have to focus on where they are, um, respond to them where they are, so that way we can get them to where God is calling them. That's right. Not necessarily where we want them to be. So that's all a part of what we do. Absolutely. So, and that's part of reengaging our block. So, anywho, man, just phenomenal. I love the heart behind that whole idea. Yeah. It's just it's very it's very principle heavy. And so, anywho, listen, it's been a great conversation so far. Um, and I want to encourage you again if you are watching this or you are listening to this, um, make sure you uh, hit the subscribe button. You hit the notification bell. Um, and also, if you want to follow us on any of our other platforms, there is a link in the description that you can follow and uh, or you can click on and follow us on all those platforms. So with that being said, listen, it's been a dope-tastic, uh, mega-tastic time here. <laughs> and so we want to encourage you, wherever you are, uh, just take these resources, um, use them to empower uh, yourself, your organization, um, and, and just do what God has called you to do in the best way possible. And and don't forget to contextualize, not marginalize. Mm. In the name of Jesus, amen. That's God right. bless y'all.